Alright, hey guys, and welcome to the Cigar Box Guitar Builder. I'm Adam Harrison from Birdwood Guitars, and today I am speaking with... Mella from Barrel Dog. Yeah, we rehearsed this really not. <laughs> Mella from Barrel Dog, it is wonderful to talk with you today. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Um, we want to know all about you. Well, I want to know all about you, and I want to introduce you to uh, a lot of people around the world who may not know you. They may not know your band. Um, what is uh, a very cool thing from my point of view, um, and you live with this every day of the week, is that uh, I'm interviewing possibly, I think, maybe the second or third lady. It's one of those things. This is the Cigar Box Guitar community oh, is packed with men. It's a very male-heavy industry uh, or pastime. And what I've been noticing over the last couple of years has been this absolutely brilliant increase in women getting into building cigar box guitars, playing with cigar box guitars, being in the industry. Um, it's an absolutely fantastic thing. And um, so for me, from my point of view, I want to do a lot more interviews uh, with women in the industry. And, uh, cause I, mate, you guys rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, in Australia, we've got Fiona Boy, yep. who's just a little further up the coast than what I am. I'm in Port Macquarie. And we've got Anna Sconti down Melbourne Way. And they're both, you know, hammering the uh, cigar box guitar. Um, I'm not sure if they're quite as much an addict as what I am. Um, you know, I'm sort of heavily involved in the, the Cigar Box Nation forums and, um, you know, lots of friends around the world who are cigar box builders and players. I'm not sure if they're quite at that level. Um, I don't know if you know Hollow Belly from the UK, but there was recently a documentary done on cigar boxes in the UK by the BBC. And um, he talks about how cigar box is an addiction and be very careful because it's like a drug, you know. You get one, you're into it. That's true. Well, that, that's, I mean, that's what happened to me. It, it was as simple as that. I built one, then I built two, then three, then four. And it's, you know, I think I'm, I'm close to 1,900 uh, since beginning, I think yeah. uh, around 2013. So, yeah, it's, I'll have to learn how to play them soon. Well, I'm the opposite. See, I'm a player. I'm not a builder. Uh, but recently I've decided I am going to start building. And my husband's a carpenter. So Mongrel Dog, who's in my band with me, he's actually a carpenter. And I, I've told him what I wanted. And, you know, like anyone who has a tradie husband knows, you never get work done around the house that you need done. So I, um, I said to him yesterday, that's it. I'm taking things into my own hands and I'm going to start building cigar boxes. I love it. And he said, oh, you'll have to get, I think, a jigsaw or something, and I went, oh, no, I'm one above you on that because I've already talked to the guys at the men's shed, and I'm just going to give them what I need, and they're going to cut it out for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll put it together so there'll be collaborations with the local men's shed. That's that is that's fantastic. Um, there's a friend of mine, uh, Phil Ashby from Twangbo Guitars, and he's the president of the men's shed up, in, um, up on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. And... Yeah, if you've got connections with uh, the men's sheds uh, or any of those types of community um, 
setups it's absolutely fantastic and most of them are actually just really 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 nice people who are more than happy to help you out with any activity you want to get into so you're going to build your own mate and what so what what plans have you got for it okay so ours are going to be dog boxes to be aligned with barrel dog because in the barrel dog band uh i'll give you a bit of an idea about the barrel dog band so barrel dog is primarily me so it's a bit like um like i was talking about uh, hollow belly in in the uk he that's his stage name but you know he, he's like me he's got his own name so barrel dog is a stage name for me for when i perform and then it goes from anything from a duo because we're husband and wife so mongrel dog and i'm v dog by the way which, which is the bitch dog <laughs> um it, it goes it goes from us as a duo to a trio to up, right up to a six piece at this point so we all have dog names. Um, the members of the band vary at different times depending on who's available. Everybody seems to work day jobs, particularly with the COVID shutdown. We've all had to go back to, you know, regular work. Yeah. So, you know, we have two different cajon players. We have um, a couple of different drummers, which we call our sticks dogs. And <laughs> then we have our, a harp player that's just come in recently. So he's harp dog. Uh, we've got old dog because he's 70. And he hates it when I give him grief about his age. So he's the old doll. Uh, and, um, yeah, we've, we, and then we've just got people that come and come and go at different times. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and how do, how does it, how do the audience kind of relate with that? I think because I'm the front person of the band, it, it's okay. Cause I'm the biggest personality. Um, a lot of the boys that play, we're very diverse. Okay. So, if you imagine a town where uh, you have a bunch of misfits that just don't fit into the right normal traditional style group, they're all with our, our band. Yeah. Um, and I say I don't say that lightly because no. a lot of us have disabilities. Yeah. So I have chronic disease that I, um, you know, manage daily. So I have a disability. Uh, my husband has back issues. Heart dog actually, and he has no problems with me telling you this, he has cerebral palsy. Yep. I have a vocalist and, back and a rhythm guitarist who comes in at different times and he has an intellectual disability. Uh, we've got old dog and that's just a disability in itself. We've all got our quirks, but that's, that's what makes us. And, <laughs> you know. Oh, well, well, anyone who's been with musicians long enough knows that if you've been performing in live bands... As you get older, it affects your hearing, and, yeah. and that's inevitable. Um, and so, you know, we have to yell at the old dog, so we call that his disability, that he's got selective hearing, you know. <laughs> Could also be male fridge blindness as well, so. Yeah, so we're really diverse. So I, I know I digress from the original conversation we're having, but that's, that's no. our band. We're, we're the misfits, the, the unwanted... The, the incredibly talented yeah. um, group of musicians that have come together and formed Barrel Dog. Yeah. Well, from a builder's point of view, uh, what I really love about the sound of that, and especially when we're relating back to, you know, you building your own guitar, which I didn't know about before you, you just mentioned it then. Um, the thing that I really like about that is it sounds like the instrument's not just being put together kind of on a whim or with, 
a lot of a lot of times builders will when they first get into it will just they'll go to an op shop and they'll find stuff they'll get a whole heap of stuff that, and that's what inspires the guitar now sounds to me like you're coming at it from a different angle which is really cool in that you're in this oh, band coming up from a performer's end. yeah from a yep. performer's point of view but also p- from an aesthetics point of view of the barrel dog and you think you've got that dog aesthetic so you're actually coming at creating this instrument from uh, from that really artistic point of view, and it looks like like almost a single vision, which is which is a real jump from you know from one paradigm to another paradigm. So it's it's really really cool. So I'm very excited. Three or four <laughs> string. Um, single string. So that three you did not it? Diddly bow. So, Love it. <laughs> Diddly bow. So I I started with a three-string, yep. and I really don't know how I was inspired to buy my first cigar box. Yep. So there's no, you know, incredible story where I was saw something. I, don't, I actually can't remember. All I know is I found myself searching Gumtree. I must have seen one when I was looking through different guitars. I'll go back a step. I had a Gretsch guitar, hollow body Gretsch guitar, because I thought I was going to be the next best blues artist and play, you know, all up and down the fretboard, and and I couldn't bond with it. Yep. And so I think at the time I was looking for other guitars through Gumtree, and I'm pretty sure I stumbled across this three-string in Queensland. Don't know the builder, wish I did. Bought it, got it, went, oh, my God, I love this, but struggled going from six-string to a three-string. Okay. Started watching some Shane Spiel uh, YouTube clips, yep. as I guess most people do. Yeah. He is the self-proclaimed king, right? Yes, all right. <laughs> of Cigar Box Nation and Cigar Box Revolution. I think self so I, I think I, self-named, uh, but well-deserved, that's for sure. Oh, 100%. Thank God for Shane Spiel and Hail to the King, you know? Yeah. Like, I love what he does, and I, I'm, I'm a massive fan. But... Um, yeah, so then I watched Shane Spiel, and he was using four-string cigar box built by D.B. Brown. Yeah. Is it Brown? Oh, my God, I'll be in trouble now. DB, yeah, there's a couple um, of D.B.s. I think there's one there's in D.B. France, custom and then, then there's, yeah. Sorry. So it's D.B. Custom Guitars in Canada, Nova Scotia. That's the one. And so, yep, <laughs> so then I wanted this resonator style four string that Shane was playing. So I started liaising with DB. It is Darren Brown. Yeah, I got it right. Yep. And um, started liaising with him. He custom built it for me, shipped it from Canada to here. So you got it there? If, if you do move to video. Oh, lovely. Uh, is this baby. Oh, that's beautiful. Which has the resonator in it. Yep. So he actually custom built this to my style with the whole rustic look and did he, feel to it. Did he put that up on Facebook or Instagram while he was building it? Yeah, it's been it's been around a little bit. Oh, it, I've it, seen that. Yeah, style he does he does do that style? Um, but That's that gorgeous. one was specifically done for me. So they're all custom, as you know. Yours are all custom. Yeah, no two are ever perfectly alike. Um, and then I got that one, and I really started to bond with it. Started writing my music, and then I just went from there to I want to buy different ones. So the only one I don't have at the moment is a diddly bow. Yep. and I want a diddly bow. So I'm going to start with that. It'll be the dog box. I'm thinking of doing a, a little front bit like um, like a dog box. Instead of putting in a, um, a drainer kind of yeah. um, plug or whatever you want to call it, yeah. 
uh, I want to do a little bit of chicken wire. Oh, like that'd be dog cool. Box. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> and awesome. And then um, along the fretboard for fret markers, I'm going to burn in little dog paws. Oh, that'd be gorgeous, man. That'd so be awesome. So very signature, signature style built. Yeah. Um, I want to go with the sort of pickups that you've done in your Duke joint rocker because if people out there don't already know about your lightning boxes, holy shit, mate, they rock. <laughs> well, thank you. Appreciate um, it. So... You can you know, grab- I, I do want to sort of follow that style, but yep. probably a, um, a higher action for yep. this slide for me. Yep. Your Duke Joint Rocker has actually prompted me to play, um, you know, more sort of licks and stuff, which I wasn't oh, okay. doing. That's cool. Uh, because of its low action, it's so versatile. I really do. I, I can't talk that guitar up enough. It, oh, thank you. You know, the boys... It's the first cigar box, and this is no disrespect to, to Darren, but the Resonator um, cigar box has a banjo sound to it. Yep. Um, and and so most guitarists, like traditional guitarists, start switching when you play anything that sounds like a banjo. Yep. Uh, whereas your Duke Joint Rocker, as soon as I started playing that, the uh, the traditional guitarists in the group were like, that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people get scared. I think there's a lot of people get scared of, um, scared of a, uh, a different sound. And this has kind of pushed me in with my building. This has pushed me in a direction where I'm focusing now at the moment. I'm focusing a lot more on the electric guitar pickups, um, more so than the piezo pickups. I happen, however, I yeah. happen to be a, a huge fan of piezo pickups. But what I find is that the majority of normal if i use the you know normal guitar players um they don't get it they don't get the sound of the of um of the piezo and how piezo works and that can be the same with resonators a lot of people who pick up a resonator and they like the look of it but they want it to sound like an electric guitar or they want it to sound like a normal acoustic guitar and it doesn't it's it's one of those instruments and piezo powered cigar box guitars are the same they're those types of instruments where you kind of have to adapt yourself to the instrument, not the instrument to you. Does that make sense? This is, yeah, this is this is my feeling. It's obviously it's this my word's certainly not gospel. If Shane Spiel's the king of cigar box guitars, I'm the I'm the local jester. So, you know, it's just it's one of those things where uh, you you need to approach those types of instruments in with a very uh, much more percussive attack. Uh, you can't generally use a lot of like overdrive or fuzz or distortion with them because they'll just, they'll howl and feed back and they can be very temperamental. Um, you kind of really need to... A little bit more tinny too. Yeah, but that's a sound unto itself and that's the thing I love about them. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, but I find, as I said, um, uh, people... My customers are generally really pushing those, um, you know, pushing for more of the electric guitar sound. So at the moment, I'm having to go that way. But uh, that's why I love things Just like DBs. And, as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I have a little, there is a little tip for you. There's a fella down in um, Melbourne, I think he's in Melbourne, Avocet Guitars. And I'm trying to get in contact with him, so I'd love right. to interview him as well. And he's building some beautiful cigar box guitars, and he's just done. And this might be an idea for you because you want to build your own. He's doing uh, a diddly bow, but he's got uh, a high string with it. So if he's using uh, an E string, the low E, 
he's putting a high string with it and they're tuned in unison. So you can still have that diddly bow effect, but it's a, a slightly fuller sound. So that could be a t- that could be a thought. I'm just saying, yeah, it's like it's like a chugger, like Shane Spiel calls a chugger. Have you seen the double necked diddly bows? I haven't. No, who's been doing that? Um, watch that BBC. Um, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was on that one that I saw it, but it, it's like they do a double neck diddly bow, so they have two different strings. Yep. So whether or not they're using a high string and a low string and and two necks. Um, I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, I'll check it out. Yeah, interesting concept. Is this the guy that Chicken Bone John, the, um, I think, was talking about? Is this the guy, sorry? Is this the guy that Chicken Bone John was talking about just recently? I think he did a Facebook post or something. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, might be worth no, I'll check it out. I'm yeah. not sure. I love Chicken Bone John. But uh, cigar, boxes are like, cigar boxes are like children. You know, you were talking about how you have the, the resonator or the piezo pickups and stuff versus the guitar pickups or traditional sounding pickups. Um, they're all like children. So when, when I go to a show, I want to take all my children because <laughs> it depends on which song I'm playing, which style I've got. So I don't like to just play a gig all with the same instrument, you know. So sometimes I want to play a song. We've got one and it's called Here Comes Johnny and His Monster Truck and – um, it's the resonator and it's very hillbilly style. Uh, we, we play a hillbilly version of Shook Me All Night Long using the same sort of technique. Yeah. Um, but then we go to this really heavy, ballsy, almost what I'd call heavy rock swamp um, for songs like uh, Crack Shack that we do. Uh, or um, I do one that's about war veterans. Um, it's called The Old Railroad Tracks. Yeah. And it's got that really heavy, driving sort of sound and it's um, a lot heavier strings, heavier gauge strings on it, whereas yeah. the other ones are the lighter gauge strings. i got to take all my children and I don't have any favourites amongst my children yeah. because they're all individuals. <laughs> do, do you ever – Do you ever? Uh, actually, I'll digress. I'll just I'll, – I'll come back to this question, but I want to ask you another question first just to give us an idea of, uh, of uh, Barrel Dog, uh, the band. Um, what type of music are you guys playing? So what kind what what kind of thing are you doing? Yeah. If I was to answer this question and say what would we do as a stage show if we were able to just be an originals band? Yeah. The answer would be um, swamp blues bit of blues rock kind of scenario. Yep. Tiny little bit of country influence in there. Yep. That would be our stage show. So if we went to a festival and we were doing a 45-minute set, that's what you could expect. Yep. But because, like most bands, we want to get work locally and, you know, improve our our performance skills, we have to do three, four-hour shows. So yep. we go into, you know, a whole bunch of stuff to keep it versatile. And then we're, uh, we add in sort of this folk rock stuff, a lot, play a lot of acoustic stuff as well. Yep. Um, and there's a lot of blues in there. There's, you know, some, I mean, in our EP, there's a song called Don't Get Out of the Crossroads After Dark. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a bluesy thing done on the acoustic guitar. So it's still got this blues country mountain vibe, you know, yeah. like, I don't know. It's just... It's it, you have to hear it. To, it's, mm. We're our own genre, and I yep. think cigar box guitar 
should be its own genre. Yeah. Because it's very hard to describe. It's, it would just be lots easier if mm. there was cigar box guitar as a genre. Oh, I, I think you've. I think you've. You've hit the nail on the head, and it's really, really, really interesting in that. Um, I, I'm in a very, very lucky position because I had the shop up at Katoomba uh, before COVID. I'd get visitors from all over the world. I'd get people from the United States, from Canada, from Europe, South America, from just anywhere and everywhere, you know, Asia, any, any yeah. of the, anywhere. And everyone, every single person who picked up, uh, for example, a cigar box guitar, because it's obviously primarily what we're talking about, every single person who picked up one of those instruments approached it differently. Everyone approaches it very differently. So uh, I would find quite often that uh, Americans would come at it from uh, a, a bluesy point of view. If you look at the videos that they do out of CB Giddy, uh, the once a week videos, it's very folksy. It's very sea shanty-ish. It's very, um, uh, Hillbilly's probably the wrong, Jug Bandy. It's very, it's very yeah. it has a particular sound. And I love watching that because it is completely, completely 180 degrees from anything I normally would play on a cigar box guitar. I find the English very, very blues, very, very blues, very, um, yeah, you know, hill country blues, like traditional. Blues. Sorry? <laughs> punk, punk blues that has that really heavy, stompy. It can be that as well, for yeah, sure. But, but the people I usually fan, and if you look at what um, Chicken Bow John does and a lot of those guys, when I when I watch and listen to that, it's a very um, it, to me it seems almost quite traditional. Um, it's just a, again, it's a me thing, and from people who've come in and played in the shop, Aussies pick up a cigar box guitar, and the first thing they usually hit you with is is Angels, ACDC, Barnsley, like chis- anything rock. They'll adapt Aussie rock to the cigar right. box guitar, and it's just it's this fantastic. Depending on where in the world you come from, you all approach it from different things. And I love what you do and the videos that you've done and the sound that you guys have got, which is just, to me, it's got a sound all its own. But I'm going to say it, it's very Aussie, man. It really has a very, <laughs> good, good, good. very we Aussie point. Very of, Aussie. Yeah. We, we had this conversation and... You know, we've had a couple of different people think that we were from Louisiana. And I'm like, really? How do you get that? Like, I I can hear this tradition. Because I'm influenced by all the traditional players. Um, you know, like, I'm a Sunhouse fan. I'm a Helen Wolf fan. You know, Robert Johnson. Yeah. They're all up there for me. Um, so, you know, that whole driving um, traditional blues stuff is in there. But then it's a hybrid of all the influences that I've had over my life, all yeah. the musical influences. Um, and that goes from anything from Annie Lennox to, you know, a modern band like the Vasco era. Mm. I, I'm a music freak. So I've been around music a really long time um, uh, from behind the scenes. I've only been a musician myself for the last 10 years. But before that, I've done, you know, music journalism and booking agent and manager and all that sort of stuff. And the one thing that really stands out about Cigar Box in all the time I've been in the industry, let's face it, music industry is a cutthroat industry and there's a lot of tall poppy syndrome. That's undeniable. If you're a musician, you've come across this at some point, right, where someone will throw you under a bus or, you know, cut cut your throat to get ahead of you or whatever, it happens, right, undercut you, whatever. In Cigar Box world, it is completely opposite. 
it's like, mate, here, let me, uh, you know, um, do whatever it is that you need to help you get ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I love that. Yeah. I think a lot of that stems from, yeah, again, we'll go back to people like Shane Spiel and the giving. There's a very giving nature in, in the cigar box guitar industry. A lot of people are very open to sharing ideas. Let me just very briefly explain to our non-Australian uh, listeners uh, the phrase you just used then is the phrase called tall poppy syndrome. Um, in Australia, we suffer for, from a thing called tall poppy syndrome, and that is usually when someone's doing very, very well uh, for some reason, Australians, a lot of Australians, we tend to, you tend to put them down. And it, it's, it's like, oh, you've gotten too big for your britches. And unfortunately, that can, that can be really detrimental to people in you know, whichever field they're in. Instead of actually celebrating people's wins and successes and, and you know, bolstering them and pushing them along, a, a lot of Aussies, we tend to put them down, you know. Jealousy. Oh, jealousy. And it does come down to that. And, and it's not everybody, but it's definitely an Australianism. It's, it's even, you know, my mum, I love her to death. But, you know, it, when I'd be talking about the kids and it, they might be doing so well at school and so, you know, oh, don't let them get too big for themselves. Bam. That's tall poppy syndrome. <laughs> you know? They're doing so great. They're doing really, really well. Yeah, but, you know, and I'll put my hands up now. And it's, it's just good video. It's good audio. So, yeah, it's just, it's like, oh, crap. Again, slap to the forehead. So, yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely... Um, it's definitely it's a real thing. Different. Yeah. It's very different. As I said, you know, it's like, um, you know, they'd almost give you the strings off their guitars to help you if they needed to. Yeah. Even if it was at the detriment to themselves. It's just a very, it's, it's a very community. Mm. But is that because you know, it's like come they from say, a humble... They say, takes a, they say it takes a community to raise a child, right? Mm. It takes a tribe to, to raise a child and do it well. Yep. It's almost like it takes a tribe to raise a really good cigar box player and do it well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. we have that. Yeah, we. I think we do. I think as a, as a worldwide community, it's it's very very rare to see people put put others down. And one of the reasons I got into cigar box guitar building was um, I started actually building electric six, six strings. And I built a couple. I had this horrible run run in with this guy on Facebook, and I just went, "Whoa, <laughs> I'm not I'm not doing that. I I don't want to be involved in this. I don't want to have anything to do with it." And I didn't build anything for a year. And it was only when I saw yep. Michael up, and I've told told the story before. It was only when I saw Michael up in up at Noosa at the Amundi Markets, uh, the guy that's got the the tent there, and he's still there, like. 10 years yep. later, he's still working out of this, building his guitars and selling his guitars there. And he was so nice. And I was so inspired. And that's when I built my first Anzac Bicky Tin cigar box guitar, you know. And that and that's the story of how I got into it. But I, I found that and I found an industry, not an industry. I look at it from a business point of view. I'm a horrible person. But I found a movement which was just so giving. And you're right. Totally. Yeah, and it's really evident in my um, my Instagram, I think, more than my Facebook page. So um, it, Instagram, I follow a lot of cigar box builders and a lot of cigar box players. And so the interaction that I get there is fantastic. You know, I put something up and it's always encouraging and it's positive. And, whereas Facebook, for some reason, I don't get that same level of interaction. With, and I think no. it's purely because... 
they're people that have followed us, you know, from the gigs that we do, or they're a few friends mm. or whatever. But it's a, it's a different audience. Oh, totally. Uh, so I love Instagram for that. Like yeah. I spend a lot more time on Instagram now than I do the mm. other because it's just so positive to have all these people. We're all cheering each other on. We're watching yeah. what each other's doing. We're watching the builds come out. Mm. We're watching, you know, and it doesn't matter if they can't sing. That's the other thing. I really don't care if someone jumps up and they're playing their new, you know, cigar box guitar and they're singing the best they can and they sound like a dead cat. doesn't matter <laughs> because they had a go. They feel good about it. Yep. I feel good about it because they feel good about it. So I'm going to cheer them on. That's wonderful. It's it's grassroots music. It's, it's, it's a complete fight back against the industry, you know, as such. Oh, 100%. And that's, that's the wonderful 100%. thing about social media. There's, there's many negatives about social media. Let me, let me be honest. It's like Facebook is just, sorry, I'm going to say this, bloody awful. Let's be honest. As a medium and as a way to, to interact between people, it's, it's utterly horrible. Oh, it's just, and, and quite honestly, the only reason I'm on it is for business generally. I'm trying to use it for more social things, but I found with the social things I've been putting up, I'm causing more arguments than I'm doing it. So I'm like, you can't win either way. As you were saying, Instagram is, if you're not on Instagram, get on it. It's an incredible community. And most people on there are so positive. And it's all about the images. It's all about the the videos and images and things that you're putting out. It's a lot more positive. But I totally agree with you. Less of the bullshit and the politics. Yeah. (laughs) But it's about the music. And it's about getting up and giving it a go and not caring and you know, and there's people out there who who obviously have done very, very, very well, you know, and yeah, riding on the coattails of cigar box guitar thing. I mean, Justin Johnson, I, you hardly ever see Justin Johnson playing a cigar box guitar on video and things anymore. But I love the guy to death. I think he's done so much for the cigar box guitar industry. It's incredible. But he's moving and he's moving on and he's moving, and that's fine. That's okay. He's a multi instrumentalist. It's it's crazy to think that he'd just sit there and just play one instrument forever. Uh, you know, and then you've got yep. all these other amazing people out there who just pick up and they'll go and do a video, as you're saying, and they'll just play live. Where can people see videos of you guys? Um, before you move, move on to that, oh, yeah. I heard last night Jimi Hendrix learnt to play Cigar Box. Um, that, was the, that, that was how he learnt guitar. He started on a cigar box. Yep. So I'd love to research that and find out if that's true. Do you know if that one's it, true? It is true. Uh, he used uh, a broom handle and a cigar box, and um, uh, apparently uh, Al Hendricks came home, saw the mess, and he just got into a whole heap of trouble. So it's, it's, it's a story that's gone back <laughs> generations, I think, of, you know, um, I can't remember who was it who, who told the story. It... it um, uh, please don't quote me, but it might have been um, Muddy Waters who, who told the story of a cigar box guitar player of uh, building a, a diddly bow, and he said it only ever hurt you once because you'd, you'd use, you know, mum's broom wire because that's the best wire. Fence wire is no good. Yeah. It stretches too much. But broom wire that, that used to hold the, the, the straw together used the to be the best together. thing. Yeah. So you'd, you'd find a box, you'd find a, you'd find a length of timber, and you'd string it up and you'd make a, a timber um, a, a, a peg head, you know, that you'd drill a hole through and you'd stick it through and it'd just be held by tension, like a, like a violin would, you know, but probably much more crude. But you'd use this wire and, of course, mum would get home or see the mess all over the floor, you'd get it hiding, but then you had your guitar and that was, oh, that was the trial by fire, you know. 
Um, Scott Ainsley, I think, told that may have told that story as well, but that's obviously been handed. And I think uh, uh, Robert Johnson started on cigar box guitar. I mean, all of these guys. Bo Diddley. Bo Diddley's named after the Diddley Bow. That's where he got his yeah, name, so cool. from the Diddley Bow. And he, he played a rectangular-shaped guitar so cool. that was in the shape of a cigar box. It's in the industry. It's ingrained. And the wonderful thing, and I know it's a very selfish thing, and but it's like we're the only people who know about it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Just us. Just us. <laughs> okay, so to answer your question, where can they see videos? Um, Instagram, I do fairly regular little snippets of stuff that I'm working on. I like to engage, um, I'll call them my friends. Yep. Then all around the world when, I, when I'm working on something. So I take them on a journey now. So I, I might put a snippet up of a new song I'm working on and then, you know, keep them involved in that process as it develops. Uh, so they're all short videos, not so much like a full song stuff. Um, the full song videos are on YouTube. My battery's yep. getting low. Um, yeah. yeah, so you can find us on YouTube, all the, the video clips that we've released from our EP, which was Mongrels Unleashed. Yes. <laughs> they're all up on YouTube. Search Barrel Dog. There's, there's a couple of different ones, but there, there are actual video clips for Barrel Dog. Um, and we have a website. We just have a cheap week site. You cool. Know, and we have, we're on Band, um, Bandcamp. Band, Bandcamp. Yep. <laughs> so and, you can uh, find us everywhere. Uh, iTunes or... You want the free downloads? Sorry? iTunes or anything like that? Yeah, we're, we're everywhere. So you just search us, you'll find we're in all the main shops and everything if you want to download us. I'd love people to jump on SoundCloud more because we don't have um, a lot going on on SoundCloud. People haven't seemed to discover us in SoundCloud yet. It, a lot of people uh, haven't even discovered SoundCloud. Download. A lot of people don't know about it, you <laughs> know? It's it's one of those things. We're, um, we're not doing too... We're not doing too good on the uh, Triple J front, so I'd love people to bombard Triple J Unearthed and start downloading our music from there and um, and show them that you know Cigar Box is actually pretty cool because uh, we've been a bit overlooked on that one, which was a bit of a shame. Keep but, pressing. Uh, we're going to do some recording. Oh, um, fantastic! We've got about 12, 12 songs uh, originals ready to go. Um, it's just a COVID you know, stopped us from getting yep. into the studio. So Absolutely. we're going to do that. We're going to focus on that over the next 12 months. Now, can I make a suggestion? Anyone who I, – I, this is a thing that, that, that I do. I, I try, try and do this as much as I can. Obviously, the downloads and things on, on iTunes and all that, that sort of stuff is all great. But if you, get, if you like something, especially if it's a single or something like that, guys, $1.69, buy it. If we all bought it, you know, buy it, you own it, get it. You know, it's it's just I don't know. It's just it's a thing I've got. If I like something, I'm just going to I'm going to buy it. I'll, I'll it's a do- I, I don't notice a dollar 69, but if enough people do it, and the musicians get a little extra. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I just I I just like that. I like uh, look, chucking and, in a couple um, of bucks. Some of our stuff. Some of our songs make cracker ringtones. Um, my hubby had the, the guitar parts from uh, Crack Shack as his ringtone because it's really bassy. I was going to say this before, actually, when we were talking about um, my guitars and my children. I also string all my guitars very differently and I have them each tuned differently. Yep. So when I'm performing on stage, 
you know, your Duke joint rocker that I have, I have that primarily tuned to an E and a D. Okay. Because um, I don't like to, I don't like to tune up much further than a, um, a semitone. Yeah. Because I find that if I'm doing it too frequently, it does affect the strings and I, they start to get, they, they, they don't hold as well. Mm. So that's my tip for anyone who's tuning up and down a lot. Yeah. Try and stick to a semitone, you know, one up or one down kind of scenario. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, oh yeah, I find it beautiful for my E&D open tuning stuff. Um, whereas my Resonator four string, it's primarily tuned to a G. Yeah. So I stick to G and if I, you know, I could tune it to a, an A or, you know, I don't know, what, A going back one, F. Yeah. Um, G. That would be the safe for me. G A. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah. then I, yeah, and then I've got a um a buzzbox guitar. who's by another local builder in Sydney. Is it Mark Wilkes or Mike? Yeah, Wilkes? Uh, Mark Wilkes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buzzbox guitars. Mark We've Wilkes. interviewed him a couple of years ago, and he's just uh, he's just such a lovely guy. He's just a really easy going bloke. Very, very cool. So I, I tune that to D as well, but where that varies from the Duke joint, I put all low strings on that. Yep. And so it's almost like having a bass guitar. Mm. My husband gets annoyed at me because I, I, he feels redundant when I use that one <laughs> as a bass player. It's um, very yeah. You can you can tune yeah, them down I, quite low. Yeah. So they're all they're all either strung differently and tuned differently, so they've got that different sound as well. Yeah, guys, experiment with your tunings and stuff. That's a really that's a really great uh, tip there because I've just done that with uh, I've got an Epiphone Coronet, uh, one of the new ones that just came out, and I'm a big fan of Ariel Posen. I really really like Ariel Posen's playing, and he's actually playing uh, in drop B. So it's it's open yeah, open B. So I've actually put on a massively heavy set of twelves, uh, still with the with the unwound third string, the unwound G, and I've actually got that tuned to open B, and it is just bombastic. It is huge, and because of the the scale length, okay, you need to, if you're tuning down, go up gauges. All right, so that's 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 a, that's a big thing. So if you're going to start tuning, if you think I want to tune in much tune much lower, go up to a heavier set of strings. So you go and get some Ernie Ball, you know, heavy like heavy gauges. So play around with your tuning. I love that tip. That's really cool. Don't just stick with tuning. Yeah, and I think it's, I think it's one. Of, it might be Cigar Box Nation, but one of them, um, you can Google what strings to use for different tunings. Um, and I found that incredibly helpful when I was beginning because you, you have no clue, let's face it, when you first start out. Um, but it'll tell you, you know, basically which strings out of a pack of six you might prefer to use for particular tunings. Yep. So that's good for the newbies. That's very, very cool. Me, I just mess around now. Well, that's half the fun of it. That's, that's you know, no rules. Well, there's some. You've got to have scale length and you've got to have fret, frets. And, oh, you got to put frets on your diddly? No, 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 fretless. Yep. Um, the other thing I was going to say too is the it's not just the gauge of the strings that makes a difference, it's the brand, whether they're brass strings, whether they're not, you know. Um, that's why when I broke a string on your juke joint, I'm like, which strings are you using? I don't want to lose the sound. Yeah. Because um, that sound is so important to me and I know part of that is the strings. Yeah, they're great. They're great strings. They're good little strings. There's nothing, nothing yeah, wrong with those. Yeah, you should plug your strings. Plug your strings. Oh, actually, they're not mine. They're, they're, um, they're, they're 
uh, Devil's Handstrings from. Um, but they're uh, through your shop. Yeah, yeah, we we do sell them through the sell them through the store. Um, but mate, it's they're they're, they're really great strings. I mean, I, I will admit I bounce between those and Ernie Ball. Like I, I'm also an Ernie Ball stockist. So uh, you know, with the shop and everything, we've moved to being a, a small studio, but I've now got a Luthiers account with them as opposed to being a retail store, but we've still got the stand, we've still got everything, and I still get people knocking on the door saying, do I need strings? So, you know, we're still selling still selling the retail strings as well. So, um, yeah, play around play around with different gauges and different different sets. And the handy thing for you is if you do buy stri- six-string sets, if you're tuning to G, you get a set of slinkies, for example, which are 10s, Use the middle four, and then you've got your bass string for your uh, you got your bass string for your diddly bow. <laughs> diddly bow. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. That's it. I um I must admit I think I've I think I've got Alexa's on the little resonator cigar box four string that I've got purely because I got a free set of electric ones with my um acoustic pack that I bought. Yeah. And so that's what I chucked on it last time. It's going all right. It's doing all right. <laughs> They're all right. I'm not big on Alexa's. I don't. They go black on me no, for some I, reason. I, I used to be. Yeah, they go black on me. I don't know why. It's just everyone's different. Everyone's skin has got different oils and things like that, and different acids and stuff. I have elixirs. Forget about it. Just don't. They don't work. Just I just I just stick with normal strings because I'm gonna I'm gonna kill them anyway. <laughs> uh, my my last packet of elixirs that you know how they're coated. They're yeah. Got special coating. They were all frayed, so they were furry, <gasps> and yes. I was yeah not impressed. Yeah, furry elixirs are not good. No, it's it. <laughs> well, look, thank you, so, <laughs> thank you so much for spending time with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Like I've known you for what on a year, and this is kind of the first time we've actually had a chance to have a chat. So it's it's really awesome to have a chat with you. Uh, I've been following, I have been following what you've been doing through social media and I've been loving, go and check out the film clip, man, where, where you're dressed up like a clown. It freaked me out. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like clowns. Clown clip. <laughs> yeah, that's good. What Dragging was that song? What was that song? Dragging me down. That's Dragging right. Me yeah. Down. It's a, it's a demo clip. Yeah, that's the first one I did as a self-recording at home, just me and the cigar box. And it's just got this um, groovy vibe about it, man. That song, it's like just. I, I like the vibe to it. If, if we do, when we do the album, we'll we'll release that as a proper um, a proper track, and yeah. we'll get the boys in on the rest. You know, doing bass and drum and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. it was just I wanted to demo it to see if other people liked it because it is pretty dark. I'm dark. I like to write dark stuff. Yeah, man. Dark swamp, dark folk. That's it. That's what it's all about. Mela, thank you so much. I really appreciate you spending time with us. Um, good luck with the with the with the Diddly Bow build. I can't wait to see. I'm sure you're going to be putting pictures up of that uh, of that build as 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 it progresses. Uh, have you got a time frame for yep. it, or are you just going to let it happen organically? Um, I'll just let it happen because I just went back to a full time job day job. So yep. yeah, I'll let it happen. But uh, I will keep you posted. That would be cool, mate. I'd probably be... harass you for advice. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime, <laughs> mate. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. Ju- ju- it's, a lot of these groups out there are just absolutely wonderful. Obviously, Cigar Box Nation are brilliant. Uh, our own group, the Cigar Box Guitar Builder podcast group, there's some amazing people in there. I don't know whether you had a chance to listen to Mick Verko from last week's episode. Uh, Mick Verko is in yeah, Wollongong. Yeah. Mate, Mick Verko is just a cool. gem of a human being, and he's out there, mate. So if you can't, just message him directly, 
and he'd love that. So he he just he'll spend time with anybody, just just getting into it. And he's just he's so such a positive person. But there's a lot of people who are like that who who give you any time that you need. Uh, you know, it's it's a cool industry. Um, Mella, good luck with everything going forward. Yeah. Look after yourself. I'll see you in the funny pages. We will, we will. But before you disappear, um, there's a group of us that are trying to get Australia's biggest cigar box festival organised to happen up this way. Yep. I would love you to be involved in that and you've got a lot of contacts to help us get word out and find some really unique performers. So I'll keep you posted on that too. Do so. And what we'll do is closer, as, as you get things um, set up and as you get things kind of organised, We'll have another. We'll do another interview. We'll actually have another. We'll, we'll get you back onto the podcast to, to share your information and share what's going on. Um, awesome. We'll look for some. We'll look for some. Um, maybe they might be able to get some uh, promotion for you, and or you know, got to bring the money in, make it happen. All right, no worries. All right, mate. Catch up with you. We'll see you later. I'll do you too, mate. I'll do the sign off, but I'll talk to you soon. Take care. See ya. Bye. Bye. Well, that was uh, Mella from Barrel Dog Band. Uh, Miante, Mella Miante from Barrel Dog Band. Uh, what an absolutely gem of a person. Um, fantastic. Uh, guys, go and check him out on, um, obviously, on, on, on YouTube, on Facebook, Instagram. Go and check him out. Really cool. I'm very excited about uh, the fact that she's getting into build, building her own cigar box guitars, which will be very cool. I'm looking forward to seeing what she can, uh, what she's going to be able to do, which is awesome. A um, little bit of housekeeping, guys. Um, we do. If you're listening on Podbean, um, we do. If you want to follow the show, please follow the show. Uh, you can help support the show if you want to uh, through the Patreon app. Uh, also. Um, if you're looking, if you're interested in cigar box guitars, obviously I do sell cigar box guitars at uh, birdwoodguitars.com. Uh, you can check out Birdwood Guitars uh, at uh, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, a whole heap of stuff. We also build effects pedals under the name Retro Electric Effects, and you can check us out on Instagram there and check us out obviously via the affiliated websites. Uh, go and have a great day. Go and have fun. Go and build something. Look after yourselves. Take care. Bye.